Welcome to the Skeptical Auditor Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Hernan Murdoch. Today on the show, we are joined by Trent Russell, founder of Green Skies Analytics, host of the Audit Podcast, and co-host of the Audit Room. In this episode, we talk about the importance of having a data analytics strategy, ways to better introduce data analytics in our departments, how to maximize the benefit from our training dollars, and ways to choose what tools are best for our internal audit units. All that and more, starting now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Skeptical Auditor. I'm Dr. Hernan Murdoch, and with me today, we have someone who I've known for a long time, who has a lot of experience in a topic that I believe you'll find very, very interesting and useful. His name is Trent Russell, and he's the founder of Green Skies Analytics. He is the host of the Audit Podcast and co-host of the Audit Room. Welcome, Trent. Yeah, hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Oh, nice to have you here on the show. So uh, let's talk a little bit about something I believe you know a bit about, right? Uh, I think you have a lot of experience in data analytics. So we have been talking about this for a long time, uh, yet we see that a lot of auditors are still trying to embrace it fully and take full advantage of it. So from your perspective, having been in this space for so long, talking to people in this space, uh, what are some of the things that come to mind to help us fast forward and, and, and catch up so that we can better leverage the power of data analytics? Yeah, one of the things that I see as being one of the bigger problems is there's a lack of strategy and so a lot of times we'll work with clients who go basically, hey, we spent all this money on tools. We gave everybody the tools. Nobody's using the tools. Having a tool is not a strategy. My father-in-law bought me this really nice saw like eight years ago. I've literally never <laughs> used it. I have no strategy for using this saw. Maybe one day I will, but I don't have a strategy for using it. And so that's usually where I see the kind of the overall problem. It's just like, all right, let's go buy the tool and people will just learn the tool. And separate from the saw analogy, it's almost like if you gave your auditors or your team access to an instrument, like, hey, everybody's going to go learn how to play guitar. And then you give them the guitar, but there's nothing else there. And unless somebody's motivated, just makes their brain happy uh, to learn how to play guitar, it's not going to work. Secondly, from, from what I see is, we'll stick to the guitar example. Hey, go learn how to play guitar. But it's almost like finish all the other work you have to do also. And so there's a lack of strategy in terms of, okay, we want to develop these skill sets, but we don't budget the hours in to do that. And so you have to set expectations with the audit committee and say, depending on your strategy and, and timeline and say, hey, we're not going to finish some of these audits this year because we're making data analytics a priority. And so we have to spend time on training. We have to spend time during the audit work of actually learning these tools, learning the techniques, et cetera. So those are kind of two of the, the pitfalls that I've seen in auditors not being able to adopt analytics. You know, it's interesting that you raised those two points because I've seen similar things get in the way there. So let's pick up on the training first, and I'll come back to how much of the budget or the resources for a particular engagement we allocate to actually doing the work. But with training, I've seen cases where we train everybody, but not sufficiently. Uh, I've also seen cases where they're more strategic, to your point, where they'll choose a group of people who will be like their um, the specialist group. 
their super users when it comes to whatever tool they choose to use, and they will then invest in them and give them a lot of training to get them to the level where they can then support the rest of the team. And I found it to be an interesting strategy. Uh, what have you seen when it comes to training and making better use of those training dollars? Yeah, if you have the resources and you can have a dedicated analyst, that's always going to be better than obviously not having that. Um, but in terms of mm -hmm. training, again, maybe one of the pitfalls I see there is there's a lack of hands-on training. And so it's one thing to sit there and watch a video on how to do something. And, and I, I like to use pivot tables as an example because it's super easy to learn. There's a huge impact you can make with pivot tables. Everybody has Excel. And so if you just watch you know, pivot table YouTube videos, for example, but you're not actually clicking and typing as they go, it just doesn't stick. And that's that's really for any tech. I mean, if you even look at programming, programming languages, if you just follow the videos and go, oh yeah, that concept makes sense. That concept makes sense. Okay, I get it. But you're not physically typing it as they do it. Um, it just doesn't stick as hard. So as far as training goes, yeah, if you have the resources like for a full-time analyst, they're going to need the legit tools, the, the ones that are going to probably likely cost a little bit. Um, and they should have those. There's also for those tools, a lot of them now, it's almost a requirement. If you're going to have an analytics tool as a, as a vendor, then you have to have some kind of online training academy. A lot of those are free. They come with certifications. And so that people can mm -hmm. you know put those on their resume and kind of upskill and do all that kind of great stuff. But if not, and if it's just like, we want everyone to have this floor of analytics competencies, I always tell people, pivot tables, VLOOKUPs or some kind of lookup function. And then just know that you can Google, like the answer is out there. Every answer to every analytics question, how do I split this column into two? Um, how do I combine these two columns? How do I sum this column? Every single question that you have has already been asked by somebody. It's on the internet. Just use Google. Yeah, yeah, we've seen uh, what I refer to as democratization of knowledge, where a lot of these things are now available on the internet, and and we can benefit from it tremendously. So, to your point about kind of how people learn, right, uh, and, and cementing the knowledge. So you have the the seeing it, you have the hearing it, you having the showing it to them, and then you have the doing it together. Mm -hmm. And 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 what you highlight, I think, is a very very good technique to help people learn what they can do with it. Uh, and of course looking in terms of what you're trying to accomplish, because there are a lot of very powerful functions with Excel and other tools, but what is it you're trying to accomplish? Because that'll help you find the best way to get your answers, yep. which is at the end of the day, what we're really trying to accomplish. Now, how yeah. about we turn to the next item that you mentioned, which was in terms of how we allocate time within the project. Now, here's what I've seen. We have uh, auditors who create a work program. They have, uh, extensive list of things that they want to look at. And before they introduce data analytics, they have a list of items. Once they start to say, okay, we're going to do some data analytics, they have the same list of items or even more. So they don't give themselves room to practice the data analytics and to be able to, in some cases, you know, you have to make mistakes. You have to go back and redo it. So they don't give themselves enough time to apply their knowledge to the engagement. Have you seen that? Yeah. And that's where you have to have strong leadership to say, hey, we're not going to, this audit might be late or we might not finish everything on the audit plan. With that said, does anybody ever finish like everything on their audit plan? Like I rarely see where, <laughs> especially if it's an annual one, which that's a different topic for another day, but like. It's almost like wishful thinking these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. 
Yeah. So I think it's okay <laughs> to go, Hey, you know how, like we never really finish everything on the audit plan. We're not going to do it again this year. Cause we're going to invest in uh, training on analytics and incorporating that um, mm-hmm. in there. So you, you have to have that as part of it. The other thing is, is to be even more stringent, might not, not be the right word, but okay, we have these five procedures we're going to look at. Maybe we maybe the fifth one isn't as big a deal as we thought it was relative to mm. the return on investing in. We're going to run analytics on these four and develop the skill set. Right. With that said, I laughed when you said that because I, I made that mistake of when one of the first P-card analytics I did, and I just ran analytics against everything, handed it over, and the team was like, I don't even know. This is so much. I don't even know what to do with all this. And so to that point, the great thing I think about auditors and analytics, like just look at what the biggest risk is. Like if you have your five controls, we'll say, which one uh, would you say is the biggest risk? Or we could say mitigates the biggest risk, however you want to speak to it. But okay, that's the one. Let's choose analytics on that one. Like you don't have to use analytics on every single thing, especially when you're starting out. You almost want to like pick one as like a pilot and let's do it there. Mm The benefit then, especially if you can take one all the way through, what I see with a lot of people is once they take an analytic all the way through and there is a result, then it kind of clicks and, it go, and they go, oh, this is this is how we can do this. This is the benefit. And then talking especially to like the audit analytics practitioners, they all have like we all have this story of, yeah, you know, we were kind of playing around this data or, or, you know, hadn't really found anything or not great insights. And then there's like this one thing that they did that goes, that was it. And then it clicks. Um, it. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing that, you know, you need to also prove to yourself and to your clients that this is a great tool to use because in many cases, people are still following the traditional approach. Uh, we're moving away, of course, from the paper-based, uh, looking at reports and ledgers and, and documents and looking for signatures, but there's still a lot of that out there. But there are increasing number of procedures we can perform using data analytics, and that's where we need to be creative and start to reimagine what we're trying to accomplish, what questions we want answered, and how data and technology can help us answer those questions. So uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, I would like to chat a little bit about how we can go about um, looking at different tools because there are so many choices out there, and we can get flooded if not lost in that multitude of choices. So when we come back from the break, I'd like to chat with you about how we can go through finding what's best for us. This episode is brought to you by ACI Learning. Are you looking for CPE credits, professional development, to continue your education, or a custom team training solution? Here at ACI Learning, we've been building high-quality training for over 40 years, meeting the needs of every learner. Our training solutions will keep you and your team engaged and motivated to learn, helping students stay sharp in their field and better serve the organization. Join thousands of global audit risk and compliance professionals. Visit ACILearning.com to find out how we're disrupting the audit learning space. We have been talking with Trent Russell about data analytics and how we can go about maximizing training dollars and also how we can incorporate into our work programs. Uh, Trent, I'd like to turn now to uh, one of the challenges that we encounter as we see technology proliferating and we have so many choices, of course, an abundance of salespeople. So there are so many tools out there. How can we go about finding the ones that are best for us? I think cheap or free is always a good place to start. 
And <laughs> I, I make this recommendation all the time to folks. And I, I feel like they don't believe me when I say this. There is a free tool for analytics that you can do the most basic type of analysis where it would be the equivalent of a pivot table or something all the way up to machine learning, which is about as advanced as you can wow. get right now. And um, so that tool is called Nine K N I M E. They have a great online resource for training. It's free. You can get you know some kind of certification to throw on your LinkedIn, et cetera. And so that one is is really good, especially if you're starting out and if you're going from let's say Excel to Nine. Like if you literally search for Excel to Nine, there's a PDF that will say this is how you do a pivot table in Excel. This is how you do the same type of functionality oh, in Nine. Yeah, so it's a really good resource if you want to start automating some of the workflows, some of the analysis that you're doing. It's very kind of like drag mm -hmm. and drop type stuff. So it's it's fairly easy. There's no real coding that you have to know, so you don't have to have a programming background. And so as far as analytics tools, that's a really good one. Um, second to that, and I don't publicly, I don't disparage any tool. Like what they have built is fantastic. Um, but I will speak to the ones that, um, I'm a big fan of Alteryx is a popular choice, uh, for good reason. Mm -hmm. It's very similar to nine, but I would say even easier to use, um, mm -hmm. the okay. kind of the drawback and, and then I'll, I'll step away from my tools rant. Um, typically the more expensive the tool, the easier it is to use, the cheaper, the tool, the harder it is to use. Um, although that doesn't mean they're ineffective. They're just harder. could be programming languages, et cetera. Yeah. No, that's an important thing to, to consider because uh, a lot of our listeners work for small and medium-sized organizations and depending on economic dynamics in their industry uh, and economy at large, really, uh, we're looking in some cases at some limited budgets. So it's good to know that we have some choices and at the same time, what you trade off when you uh, look at something that is a low cost in terms of functionality and, and how we're going to, to be able to use it. Now, one of the things that I, uh, I've seen and uh, I usually recommend, and I wonder what you think about this, is uh, as the organization, uh, the unit, right, the internal department goes about introducing data analytics and they start looking into continuous auditing procedures and repeated procedures, start writing down and documenting clearly, not just for work papers, but also thinking strategically, which you brought up earlier, thinking in terms of what ways can we use this in other places and how we can make it easier the next time. So documenting it clearly enough and writing scripts if you can, so that you can then reuse these procedures and it becomes more easier for everyone. It becomes easier for everyone to use and adopt. What do you think about that practice? Yeah, and there's there's one way if you're going to look at it is, okay, what audit do we do on an annual basis? Sometimes, there, mm -hmm. sometimes we have those. Maybe it's some kind of compliance or regulatory type thing that audit takes on. But any audit that you do year over year is always going to be a good candidate for automation relative to analytics and the procedures um, that you're going to do there. So that's always, um, I think, a really good place to start is with those. Uh, I, yeah, I like the idea of a database of sorts, and, and we can use it for operational, for IT, for fraud, uh, incorporating fraud into our procedures, all of those kinds of things. So uh, I think that that's something that our viewers and our listeners may want to consider as well. So uh, as we're thinking in terms of productivity, so 
one of the challenges also has to do with people who have a natural inclination for it and other people who may struggle a little bit with it. So I found it very helpful to, in addition to the training and uh, incorporating into our methodology, talking about, okay, for if you're doing purchasing, these are some of the maybe top 10 analytics you may want to consider, see if they apply or not. If you're looking at TNE, if you're looking at PCARs, if you're looking at accounts receivable, et cetera, et cetera, here are some of the analytics and we build a database to make it easier as we go. And we may move them around as risk dynamics uh, evolve. But another thing is to think in terms of how we provide coaching to those people who may be interested and some people who have the natural inclination and, and learn it very quickly. They may be fast forward, moving forward, but there may be other people who need a little bit of more help. So do you see that as, uh, have you seen it in your experience? And what do you think about that as another way to incorporate into our strategy to help upskill the people in the unit? Yeah, some people are just like myself for whatever reason, I just like doing it. I don't know why, it just I tell people it makes my brain happy. Um, there's others that want nothing to do with it. And I don't know if this is appropriate to say, uh, but it's something I've been saying lately. When you invest in like, if you're investing in your entire team, especially if you have a large team, um, you know, you have to almost accept that and know that like set expectations, not everyone's going to be some high performing data analyst. And so what I've been saying is let the cream float to the top and let the turd sink. You guys can edit that out if you need to. Um, but that, that's just the way of life uh, and the way of business, I guess. So not everyone is going to be a five-star high-performing person. They're just not going to want to do it uh, as far as like the actual analytics. But there is room for other areas that they can contribute like in the data analytics exactly. program. That could be data visualizations, which are super easy to do. Um, that could be automations, which are, again, not crazy difficult to do in terms of uh, some RPA tools and things like that. So you don't have to necessarily be just like the hardcore, give me the raw data, I'm gonna transform it, I'm gonna do all this crazy stuff to it, get these great insights. There's other areas along kind of the data analytics learning path, um, I would say, that you can contribute. And I think that's a very important point is that you have the people who are going to sit there hands to keys in terms of the, the, the crunching of the data, cleansing it and going through the mining. And then you have, like you mentioned, the visualization, the presentation itself, right? How you communicate out. And you have some people who are fantastic at conveying the message, maybe not at going through the data itself, like you described, but rather the presentation. How can we convey that to those who need to know and doing it very effectively? So we need to be mindful about that as well. So this also brings up another interesting point, which is how do we go about building a long-term development strategy for people, right? And, and I think part of what you're suggesting is having that conversation with them, looking at their strengths, looking at their weaknesses, looking at their aspirations, uh, and, and trying to find a way that we can develop a strategy for the people and then see how we're going to incorporate the technology rather than doing it the other way around, which is pushing the technology and saying, everybody else does it, we need to do it, get on board, right? So what do you think right. about that approach of going back and looking at how their training and the development plan is prepared and then incorporating the technology piece as maybe the data crunching, the visualization, the presentation, and some other aspects of this? I think something we don't do a very good job of as leaders is just asking. So if you lay, if, if we stick to the example of, let's just say, we'll call it analytics and then we'll call it visualizations or telling, uh, telling stories with data. 
and then RPA or automation. And if you have some kind of information sharing, you know, uh, have, have listened to a podcast, whatever, watch uh, some videos on those three different ones and have the team do that and then go, okay, who's interested in analytics and whoever raises their hand, mm-hmm. give them the resources. And if people don't, then that's okay. Hey, anybody who wants to do data visualizations, anyone you do? Okay, cool. Let's give you the resources. Um, so I think just asking what people are interested in and then giving them the resources they need to excel in that um, is a super simple solution. The other thing I'll add is, and I get kind of beat up for this, especially from CPE providers, there's a lot of non-CPE trainings out there for, I mean, there's people recently, a, a friend of mine that was on the uh, my podcast who's a data visualization expert. She wrote a book uh, that's coming out soon. It's all about just colors in data visualizations. So that one tiny thing, she made an entire book out of. So there's these experts that take it so deep that you can learn from. You're not going to get CPE credits for that kind of stuff most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I recommend people looking outside to like the data first type people, if that's the example we're going to stick with. Um, and, and learning from them and then bringing that back into the audit process. But, but this also uh, touches on a couple other things, right? Uh, so to your point about CPE, yes, we want to get the required number to maintain our certifications, but we need to remember that from the standards perspective, we need to have the proficiency. So above and beyond Proficiency is part of what we are expected to do. And then we also have this culture of learning that we want to promote. So uh, I, I think that things like, uh, you know, books uh, that we can recommend or even have a more formal. Once again, we go back to strategies, having book club. There's no reason why we can't have that within the unit and encourage the whole group to read certain books and then talk about it. It creates a great socialization in addition to the learning experience and also promotes this culture of continuous learning that we should also embrace within the profession. So I think that's a great tip to also give some thought to. So as we're thinking in terms of um, looking at the... um, the way we are going to develop the people and incorporate it, you mentioned talking uh, and asking. And, and I've heard of that in many instances when it comes to the audit plan, which who wants to work on particular audits. But I like this idea of uh, people also coming back with what kinds of uh, topics are you most interested in and encouraging the auditors to come with their ideas uh, and, and do a little bit of their research because we need to own that part of our professional development as well. So, uh, Trent, uh, what are some last thoughts when it comes to data analytics uh, that we should keep in mind before we wrap up uh, this, this chat? Yeah. I think since training is so important and doing that, something that we found that's very effective is uh, accountability and then gamification as well. And so with this one organization we're working with now, uh, we have like a point system. And so if you do ABC, you get X amount of points. If you do element of P, you get X amount of points. Uh, and then not only that, we so we track those. Uh, we also publish them. And so you can see like, this is the top performer. These are the top, you know, people point getters, um, which is encouraging for them because they want to be at the top. But then you also see the people at the very bottom and like nobody wants to be on the bottom of the list, especially if it's going out to everyone on the team. Like you don't want to be that person in last place. And so it almost like encourages right. them to like, okay, let me put some time aside and, 
and get this done. So uh, I think gamification can be a really good tool for learning analytics or any other kind of skill. So a bit of motivation there and some healthy competition. Yeah. Trent, it's been a pleasure chatting with you about data analytics and some of the ways that we can benefit more from it. So thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your insights and helping us elevate our skill when it comes to this topic. Thank you so much, Trent. Thank you for listening to the Skeptical Auditor podcast and a big thank you to our guest, Trent Russell. If you're looking for more ways to stay ahead of the curve and earn CPEs, check out Audit Pro TV On Demand, subscription learning for auditors by auditors. Visit acilearning.com slash auditprotv.